0: What makes a great workplace? What keeps employees working hard and loyal? This is Chris Ruvo for ASI's Counselor Magazine, and today we're going to answer questions like that. The insights are coming from Chris Anderson, CEO of Top 40 Supplier Hub Promotional Group. Chris's feedback is well worth a listen. After all, HPG ranks 22nd on Counselor's 2019 Best Places to Work list. That ranking of the promo products industry's 40 best workplaces is available at asicentral.com backslash news. But before... Before you check it out, let's get to chatting with Chris. Chris, thanks for being with us today.
1: It's my pleasure as always, Chris.
0: Excellent. So let's let's get into the first question here. What makes a great workplace culture? How would you kind of define that?
1: Well, when I think about what makes a great workplace culture, I go back to some of the influences that I've had and the good cultures that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. And one example was uh, a boss of mine who himself has spent many years in the promo industry, and he talked about a balance that needed to be achieved. And and this balance was along the lines of if you're hitting it and you're an employee, you wake up in the morning thinking, wow, I'm so fortunate to get paid what I do to do the job that I do. This job's a bargain for me. Mm -hmm. But then likewise, on the employer side of the equation, The employer needs to be able to see, wow, we're so fortunate to have her or him contribute all that they do for what they pay to them. They're a bargain. And so his advice, put succinctly, was that the business always needs to be a bargain to its people and likewise the people to the business. And that when you have that equilibrium point, that you have employees who are engaged and actualized by the work and who feel that what they're paid for it is a bargain offset by employers who are, in essence, employing actively engaged and happy people who feel like, at the end of the day, not only are they getting more than their time's worth for what they're doing, but they're making a, a true contribution to the enterprise. That equilibrium or balance in terms of bargains is something that ever since I heard that bit of advice, be a bargain. It's been part of my mantra when it comes to creating culture, and more importantly, it defines my interaction every day with our 1,000-plus HPG employees. And it's, it's something, though, Chris, that this type of equilibrium doesn't just happen. It needs to be actively cultivated by those who are tasked with creating and reinforcing and sustaining a business culture. And there are a handful of tricks that I've learned over the years to get to that point.
0: Well, that's that's a great segue to the next question, which is, you know, how do you go about actually creating a culture like that?
1: Well, I, I as I'm apt to do, I'm going to put this in the form of an analogy, and one of my favorite analogies for creating team culture is uh, that of running a professional sports franchise, mm-hmm. where you have to be constantly scouting emerging talent, drafting new players, trading in some cases, cutting, but above all, always coaching. And regardless of whatever front office work is happening at the time, you have to operate as a high-functioning unit when it's game time. So when you think about what that means within a business, it starts with the scouting and the drafting. You always have to keep an eye out for emerging talent, both within your organization and beyond your four walls, to ensure you get the right people on the team. Just as a good GM obsesses over each draft choice and potential trade, so too must we as business leaders, as team chemistry is a very delicate thing. Now, once you have the right team, there's a very defined playbook that I've learned to follow over the years, and I'm happy watching those points if you'd like.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so the the first playbook, or play out of the the book, is simple. And it's the following statement with an asterisk, that bad news is good news. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I say that bad news is good news, it's not that I'm some sort of masochist who I wake up in the morning (laughs) looking for bad
2: news.
1: (laughs) And instead, it's really buying in and and abiding the notion that mistakes can and will happen. But it's our responsibility to create an environment where team members are not paralyzed by a fear of mistakes. Mm -hmm. Instead, we create a bias to action and ensure the mistakes are not repeated. And I've always viewed one-time business mistakes as an investment. Mm -hmm. which means that they're destined to yield a return. The notion was just simply that one-time mistakes are investments, which means they're destined to yield a return. Mm -hmm. They only become a cost to the enterprise, and they're repeated. Uh, The second is that information should flow like an inverted pyramid Mm -hmm. from the broad base down to the narrow top. And In too many organizations, you see that it's a a one-way communication mechanism where It is that traditional pyramid where all information and ideas flow from that top down. Mm -hmm. What I've come to know and and appreciate is that if we can truly invert that pyramid Mm -hmm. where the flow of information is far more from that broader base, we have far more receptors at that base for external information Mm -hmm. than we do at the top. And so we're cutting ourselves off from not only the valuable insights from our customers, but also the broader world. So, if you can really embrace that notion of an inverted pyramid and utilize each one of those touch points as an opportunity to further sharpen your tools and refine your approach to business, it can make you a far more effective leader, but at the same time and all the while, help to enforce that culture that I've been talking about, that culture of empowerment, that culture of ultimately actualized employees who know that they're making a difference and that their voices are heard. But then the Mm -hmm. next notion that that over the years I've come to recognize is that talk is cheap. It's actions that are really what form impressions over time within Mm -hmm. an organization. Mm -hmm. There are so many companies that that talk a good game about having a good culture, but then the the leadership essentially ensconced themselves away from their employee base. and true servant leadership mentality is another critical element that as a leader within an organization, you have to lead by that example, that you can't ask a team any more than you can ask a child, if you're a parent, Mm -hmm. to do something that you turn around and do the opposite of, Mm. that if you're a a genuine leader and you're willing to put your, your money where your mouth is in terms of where you're spending your time and where you're you're ultimately applying your efforts, that's what helps to form that culture reinforcement that we're all in this together instead of it's do as I say, not as I do. So the the next key in creating a great culture within a business is to have a a clear understanding of what forms happiness in all relationships. And, And Chris, this is something that over the last year or so in virtually... Every conversation I've had, I've talked about this universal equation of happiness, mm-hmm. because it is so true and it's so profound, that happiness equals reality minus expectation. Okay. And you think about within a culture, that if we have a culture of disappointment, mm-hmm. that we talk a good game with a prospective employee, they then join the enterprise and find out that it, it was a bunch of fluff, and in reality... It's just a a bunch of unmet promises. Mm -hmm. You can only imagine how our our satisfaction rankings would come through on, on, say, the ASI survey, or Mm -hmm. worse yet, you can only imagine what our retention rates would be. Sure. But alternatively, if we take the approach of above all else, we're going to be impeccable with our word. Mm -hmm. That if we make a promise to an employee, it becomes a binding covenant at that time, Mm -hmm. and that they can... In essence, rest assured that the company has their back, and that they're part of a team that values their contribution, mm-hmm. instead of a team that said whatever was necessary to get them on board, mm-hmm. only to turn around and revert back to behavior that was left them what was expected. So, happiness equals reality minus expectation. It's true with customers, and as part of today's conversation, it's especially true with employees in creating culture.
0: But right. really gets there, there, Chris.
1: Well, thanks, Chris. uh, This is a topic that, again, you uh, put a dime in me, and I can go on for quite some time because I've I've seen the difference that it makes to have a high-functioning culture and, more importantly, to go about it from a well-architected standpoint. Instead of just letting culture happen, it's something that has to be carefully cultivated, and over time, we have to be very proactive in the way that that we manage our team and, and manage our people so that we don't allow for either the, the lethargy that's been known to set into businesses over time, or worse yet, to, to find a team that has become disengaged because you've lost sight of some of these these fairly clear objectives that become less than clear when you're caught in the silos of a business. Now from there, the, the fifth and final point mm-hmm. on what it takes to create a culture like this, and in the towel of Chris Anderson, if you will, mm-hmm. <laughs> is management by objective that the the key to getting the most out of high-level players is to usually define a clear goal of success
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: then get out of their way so they can achieve their goal. And I found that the the key here is to let uh, your employees or your colleagues know that you have their back and that there are really two times that they should absolutely raise their hand and and call you back in, and it's if there's either, A, A, a conflict of priorities within the organization or be insufficient resources to accomplish a deliverable. Mm-hmm. In both those cases, absolutely, let's get back together, have a knee-to-knee, and discuss if we need to reprioritize or allocate more resources. Aside from that, it's a matter of, I've got your back, you've got this, and let's go out and make it happen. And that type of framework has been unbelievably powerful over the years in the organizations that I've been around. For helping to to achieve that magic formula, we have the right person in the right role at the right time to create real value and really disrupt the market.
0: Wow, that's fantastic stuff! I you know I feel a little silly having to go pay for a, a master's degree after hearing some of that. That's that's MBA level stuff right there. Put put down in just a few minutes. Fantastic, Chris. So kind of kind of given that though. Um, how would you define HPG's culture? I imagine a lot of those elements you already just discussed are, are a part of that, but is there is there something you could add to that? What, what makes HPG unique?
1: Yeah, certainly. And I, I referenced this or alluded to it a little bit earlier, that culture is a very delicate thing, and one size most certainly does not fit all. And HPG is a perfect example of that. That mm-hmm. HPG as an entity has only existed for a few years, but it's, in essence, an amalgamation of several successful in their own right businesses. Mm -hmm. So one of the most unique challenges and opportunities that I've had in taking this role is to embrace that which makes each one of those component brands and businesses unique and successful in their own right and avoiding the Mm homogenization that has killed culture in the past. And so today what we're really pushing for within HPG is to jealously defend those unique strengths. And, mm-hmm. and each of the unique components of the brand, the facilities, the people, the ability to go out and, and create, uh, in essence, a narrative around a brand. That uh, I'll give you an example of Org Audio.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That Org Audio, one of our HPG subsidiaries, is based in California, and they're known for their, their smart, somewhat irreverent sensibility mm-hmm. and they're also known for their award-winning service and how seriously they take product quality. Mm-hmm. So you compare that with our, our band of sisters and brothers up here in Toronto, where I, I'm talking to you from today, mm-hmm. at Devco, that they are among the, the, the most heavily, re- or highly recognized and award-winning groups in the promo industry. And a big part of it comes down to their team culture. That from the very beginning of, of Devco, it's been a sense that we're all in this together, and I have, again, never seen within an organization such different approaches. If you were to compare Oregon and Deadco, two different coasts, two different ways of going about it, you have the irreverent California sensibility, mm-hmm. and you have the very family-like appeal of DEBCO, mm-hmm. and yet both of them arrive at the same destination delighted customers, growing business, and engaged employees. So it's my responsibility as the CEO of an enterprise that that, uh, contains those two example entities to make sure that as we look to leverage the power and unlock the HPG footprint and and all that that means to have the coast-to-coast distribution and cadre brands that we have, that it's my responsibility to ensure that we're executing on our ability to further delight our customers. At the same time, not turning our backs on that, which has made the debt codes of HPG or the Orgadios uniquely successful. So in a word, I would, I would define or call HPG's culture diverse, mm-hmm. and it's our responsibility to
0: keep it that way that that's really interesting because the follow-up question i had to that was you know how do you make culture consistent across the various brands that you've had as, as you alluded to you've had a number of acquisitions in recent years you you really are in a lot of senses um, um, a number of different businesses under the same umbrella so but it, so it's not about keeping culture quote consistent so much it's about allowing the things that the cultures the multiple cultures that have made those different businesses successful to to thrive and kind of complement each other within the marketplace is that is that a fair way to put it
1: yeah that's that's well said mm-hmm. and i could perhaps sum it up in just three words mm-hmm. that it needs to be tight but loose okay and what mm-hmm. i mean by that is that as leaders we should take our jobs and the organization very seriously but not ourselves and really lead by that example that there's not a meeting that goes by that I'm not making a self-effacing joke and, mm-hmm. and letting it be known that, hey, I'm this is this is Chris, the same guy who'll put on a goofy mullet hat and, and walk around in, in a uh, company meeting, right. because at the end of the day, they need to know that I'm approachable, just mm-hmm. as our customers need to be comfortable in approaching us. And if we can combine that sense of absolute focus on the core objective while at the same time not getting too caught up on ourselves, that's a big part of of maintaining a culture of excellence. And and in our case, excellent means that we're delivering the highest quality products at the best value to our customers in a compressed time frame. So if we're hitting on that speed, quality, value metric, that's a job well done on our end. The path for getting there is going to be unique to the specific facility within HPG. But the core value, that's the tight part of the tight but loose construct that we absolutely hold true to.
0: That's really interesting. Um so even with that understanding that there's that, you know, there's a diverse ways of getting to kind of this the same desired destination, are there some general aspects of HPG's culture that, that employees like a lot, that they that you hear, hey, we you know, this is what this is what makes HPG HPG's culture great?
1: Yeah, I've I've come over the last year since I, I first entered the ecosystem and, and in the years prior to that, having been involved in one of the, the predecessor entities, mm-hmm. I've come to understand some of those defining elements that, that employees really appreciate about HPG. And I think a, a big part of it is that we lead with EQ over IQ. Mm-hmm. And it's increasingly become a competitive advantage for us that by creating a high EQ culture, for our employees and one that's really based on the principles of empathy and inclusion and seek first to understand, they will better serve our customers in that same EQ-centric way. And it creates an almost virtual cycle of employee loyalty and engagement, along with customer feedback and loyalty and engagement. Mm-hmm. So it, it really starts first with the EQ, that there are plenty of smart companies out there with high IQs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but we like to say that we lead with EQ because it, it humanizes these experiences and relationships, and we go from being a transactional business to being a relationship business. And again, that starts with our employees. That if you're not winning the hearts and minds of your employees, good luck then winning the hearts and minds of your customers. Gotcha. So that's been that's a, a general overriding takeaway that I would give you in terms of what's working. And employees like about HPG. In addition, that's our open-door policy. That It it starts with me, Mm -hmm. as we talked about earlier. As anyone will tell you, I've made myself hyper-available to our team. And again, it's going back to that servant leadership mentality. Mm -hmm. And I I hear it often that this open communication policy is important in our employees' minds, that it, it creates a sense not only of empowerment, but in addition to that, There's also a very real advantage that it creates for us in the marketplace where I don't have a monopoly on good ideas. The leadership team at HPG doesn't have a monopoly on good ideas. We'll take them as often and frequently as they'll be suggested. And so we've created a conduit within our own organization that has been another weaponizable advantage in terms of our ability to go out and create the best version of HPG. In addition to that, this is, is certainly not a newsflash for you, Chris, but mm-hmm. people like playing on a winning team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and if you
1: if you you look at the psychology of of what it means to be on a winning team, there's really a sense of, of one of one equals more than three. And in this case, HPG's carved out the reputation team of the most dynamic, fastest growing companies in the industry. Mm-hmm. And this dynamic environment provides fertile ground for employee growth and engagement. And especially when you combine that with our first promote from within policy, you combine those two elements, and they are absolute difference makers in terms of why employees consistently choose to spend their time with HPG.
0: Hmm. So kind
1: of. I wrap it. Oh, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, no. Please finish. Please finish.
1: Yeah, if I were to wrap it up, and I mean, I could, I could go on for another 20 minutes in terms of, of the different, uh, why in terms of, of why employees like working at HPG, but distilling it down to just the, the key three or four, I would say that one that's become increasingly apparent over time is that they like that we're a company with strong values Mm -hmm. and with a real moral compass in terms of its commitment to sustainable business practices and corporate social responsibility. That we've created an entire department within HPG that's focused on those topics to ensure that we're doing the right things to grow our business while all the while doing the right thing for the world at large. Mm. This really inspires and motivates our people that they know that what they're doing isn't just simply an act of arbitrage in a marketplace. Instead, they're working for an enterprise that has a soul and Mm -hmm. is looking to do good.
0: I think that makes an increasingly huge difference in... Um, not to play into stereotypes, but even increasingly so among younger generations, you know, t- talented younger workers. I think want to be part of a of a company that has values, not just as as marketing points, but as as something they actually live. So I could definitely see that being a a, a huge advantage. Um, let me let me shift gears ever so slightly to some kind of nuts and bolts stuff. Are there are there particular perks and benefits that HPG offers employees, and and why are why are these important?
1: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll again limit it to a a handful that have really swung the needle over time. Mm -hmm. I would say, first and foremost, I referenced earlier, and it's not so much a perk as it is part of our DNA, Mm -hmm. that we seek to promote from within, and so there's a real sense of an opportunity for progression, that we are a rapidly growing company, Mm -hmm. and as a rapidly growing company, there are literally new opportunities that arise on a daily basis, if not more frequently, and those opportunities are first trumpeted within our organization and put into practice. What that means is that I can't tell you how many stories I have of people who started off, associates who started off in a, in a print room mm-hmm. decorating product who, over time, became passionate and experts in that product category and worked their way into a customer-facing role and who are now helping to lead the charge to build the business in a commercial role. Mm -hmm. Those types of stories are a big part of of what it means to be an HPG lifer. We have several of them, people who started their their careers right out of school at HPG and have made it a career. And the reason they have is that we create and, and provide a very clear roadmap for where you can take your career as part of the HPG family. Now, from there in terms of just some of those nuts and bolts types items. This isn't very nuts and bolts. instead it's it's uh, confetti and, and uh, funny hats. We're known for our legendary parties and celebrations okay, very good. we we work really hard mm-hmm. but we also play hard as a team and stop to celebrate the wins that just recently Debco uh, received several awards, including another Canadian supplier of the year and in this case, I mean, it's almost like Meryl Streep showing up at the Oscars. You're you're almost embarrassed <laughs> at, at how many uh, awards that that team gets, right? And yet, it never quite wears off. Instead, there's still a huge celebration that occurs within Detco and within the broader HPG organization because we we do stop and smell those roses and ensure that the the team members know that not only are we being recognized, but we're being recognized because of their individual and collective efforts. Mm-hmm. So the, the work hard, play hard perk is a big part of, of what makes it work within HPG, mm-hmm. that being focused on the mission, but not taking ourselves too seriously at any given time. Now from there, we uh, are also known for our contests, and, mm-hmm. and these again are within our four walls where if we come up with uh, the next hula hoop in terms of a new product, the, the biggest question is what do you call this thing, mm-hmm. and so we always start from within and hold contests for the naming of products, and it's a good way again to get employee engagement when you're in a in a product based business as we are. Products are our lifeblood. Innovation is our lifeblood. But one way that we can keep that blood really flowing is to ensure that that all of our employees, not just a select few, get to play a role in naming what we hope to be, that next superstar product. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we also ensure that these products that I've talked about end up in the hands of those who should be their their most zealous advocates, and so we provide free products and samples to our people. Mm -hmm. Beyond just giving those free samples and products, we also want them to experience the wide array of products. We make, again, samples available throughout the office of a wide variety of all of our product categories so that they can become truly knowledgeable about what it is that makes HPG products so compelling. And that goes back to, to a lesson I learned many years ago that if a customer calls up and has a question, so let's say a distributor calls and has a question about a, a um, Beacon tote bag, mm-hmm. if the person on the other side of that phone, and I'm referring, of course, to Beacon Promotions, are... Subsidiary based sure. in Newall, Minnesota. But if a, a distributor were to call with a question about a, a Beacon tote bag, and in the last year, Beacon has gone into the bag business in a major way, and the person on the other end of the phone had to thumb through a catalog or quickly open a web page to provide feedback about that product, it's not going to inspire confidence in that distributor who's called. And likewise, it's going to undermine the confidence of the HPG associate who is on the phone, she or he is going to ultimately feel a little less than empowered and, and confident mm-hmm. when they're having themselves to look up the information on it. Alternatively, if we have put bags inside of bags that have made it fun in terms of, of creating an experiential learning environment for our people and really letting them survey the product and use it in their daily lives and kind of understand what makes a difference, When that distributor calls in, imagine what the experience is like when they have somebody that, oh, yeah, just last week, Mm -hmm. I went to the county fair, and I used this tote to uh, carry our our supplies, and and you absolutely, in fact, ooh, if this is going to be the purpose, I would actually suggest that tote, because two weeks ago, I used it for my book club. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When you have that type of experiential learning going on within your organization, it creates very fertile ground, again, for not only employee engagement, but also to help drive sales to our end customers. And again, it's that virtuous cycle that I'm always looking for. And in that case, by putting our product in the hands of our people, we're able to create just that, a virtuous cycle. Now, in addition to that, these are more entry-level factors in this day and age, Mm -hmm. but we offer market-aggressive benefits. As I referenced earlier, we want people to make HPG a career So a big part of that is giving them the tools that they need to roadmap for their future, whether it be to buy their first home or to eventually retire or whatever happens in between. Mm -hmm. We're offering compensation, benefits, and and at the end of the day, a roadmap for them to achieve their goals by staying within HPG. We don't want it to be a stepping stone in their career. We want it to be their career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the other fun things we've done over time, though, is that we'll have food truck rodeos where, will uh, converge upon one of our eight locations across North America with a fleet of food trucks, and uh, that's become a uh, another wow factor in terms of our people and, and feeling like not only does the company have their back, but this isn't just lining up a plate full of Jimmy John's, not to be smirched, the uh, super fast sandwich right. chain. Gotcha. But instead, that they can walk out, and if somebody wants pie, if somebody wants Mexican, if somebody wants pizza take your choice, and it's on the company.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Little things like that 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 not only promote our people coming together outside of the office and, and, and coming to experience different things together, little investments like that have paid big dividends, especially over the last few years where we have worked long, hard hours mm-hmm. to make HPG one company. And then From there, I would say a, a final element in terms of the, the nuts and bolts, and again, I'm going to limit this for time's sake, but it's our, our focus on cause-based initiatives, that we'll have different different objectives within our business, and we'll tie those back to a cause-based initiative that, for instance, one of our subsidiaries' handstands has an ongoing support relationship with Operation Smile, and the uh, Operation Smile charity is one that that is universally recognized as doing good for children. In this case, what we did with Operation Smile was we tracked the number of smiles that we were changing through our efforts and through our ongoing donations, and we tied back each one of those smiles to a metric within the business that we spoke with the people at Operation Smile and came to understand how much support is required to change one smile. And, of course, it's the the charity that uh, provides reconstructive surgery for children suffering from facial deformities cleft palates and otherwise.
0: Yep.
1: In this case, what it created, again, was this sense of we're not just out here pushing to grow a business. What we're doing is changing lives, and and doing so by changing smiles. We're doing this tracking our business one smile at a time. So when we talk about the nuts and bolts of the business, it comes back to that tight but loose orientation that I talked about, that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're managed by that objective of Providing high-quality products in a compressed time frame and at a great value to our customers, but we're doing all that within a construct that empowers and inspires our people through some of these initiatives that I walked you through.
0: I got you. All right. So you've you've pretty much everything you've said has been has been focused on you know, uh, creating this culture and that culture leads to those high re- retention rates, uh, that, that HPG is fortunately experiencing and people making HPG their, you know, not just a stop on their career, but, but, but their career. Um, but earlier you had alluded to, you know, how important it is to hire the right people. Can, can you maybe provide a few insights on, on how you go about doing that? Yeah, I
1: would say first and foremost that, uh, If ever, a tight labor market is a good test of this strategy, but word of mouth Mm -hmm. continues to be the key for attracting high-quality people. And really, Mm -hmm. when you make that right hire up front, combined with the engagement tools that I walked you through earlier, Mm -hmm. you have much better odds of not only long-term employee engagement and success, but those successes breed other successes. That, Pardon me. Generally speaking, what we've learned is that if we make one good hire, that one good hire generally multiplies over time. That It becomes a win-win relationship and creates an environment where they're suggesting to their friends, their former college roommates, their family members, that HPG is a great place to work. And by getting that word-of-mouth feedback, we have a much larger funnel, if you will, of quality talent in our organization. So we always start as I referenced earlier, looking internally. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the next step is to talk to our people to post the jobs and to let it be known that we're not going to post this on external boards yet. Mm-hmm. Do you have any friends or family that would potentially be interested? Because what we find is that if we have employees who are, are zealous advocates for the business, mm-hmm. they're only going to bring. Those but they know are absolutely going to make a difference within the business, and, and have that same shared belief that they have. So that success breeding success is a big part of the way that we've recruited and retained good people, even in a very tight labor market.
0: Wow, oh, what a great strategy! And I guess it speaks to that point that you know you you, th- you think that good people are going to associate with good people, and it makes it makes sense to to explore their networks. That's that's fantastic. Um, Let's let's end here on this one. What are some common mistakes to avoid when trying to create a uh, a great workplace culture? I think you had alluded to to some of them earlier, where you know you might be looking to hire somebody and the company is is waxing poetic about culture, and then they set an expectation, and then the employee gets there and, and the reality is very different. I would think that's probably toward the top of the list. But is there is there other things that other mistakes uh, that that go along with trying to create a good culture?
1: Yeah, well, you you nailed it on that one. But in addition to that, it's avoiding that that tendency to have one size fit all. That just because a, a cultural element is working in one facility or one business doesn't mean it's going to translate in another. And so you have to, to first seek to understand what it is that, that is making a business or a team tick and embrace that, wrap your arms around it, and ultimately become the guardian and gatekeeper for that and build upon it. So it, it, it starts by listening to your people and starts by coming to, to truly understand what it is that's motivating them, because what you'll soon find is that it's not just the paycheck. Instead, I've seen plenty of examples of people who were making good money, and from a, a W-2 standpoint, had a good thing going, who still left a role, mm-hmm. and it came down to that sense of being actual life. Mm-hmm. So the the biggest mistake is applying that, that one-size-fits-all type approach, and instead not seeking to understand what it is that has made that team tick up to that point. But in addition to that, the other issue that I've seen is not humanizing the experience. And and what I mean by that is that if you go back to to examples in your own life, and and we've all had these, there have been those who have had titular authority over us Mm -hmm. who are able to, because of their position, tell us what to do, and we have no choice but to follow it if we're going to operate within whatever that construct was. So call it being in school, having a teacher call on you, that it's your responsibility to answer that teacher's call, or you're going to find a one-way invitation to the principal's office. All right. <laughs> well, in business, if we truly have hired self-motivated, self-directed people, they don't appreciate, nor do they want to have titular authority held over their head. Instead, they want to be inspired. Mm-hmm. They want to, to have a, a shared belief on the why, and the what then becomes largely up to them. So when I, I think about the mistakes that are often made, it's focusing on the what instead of the why in business. Mm-hmm. If you start with the why and inspire your people, it's there, there's no telling where it can lead in terms of uh, disrupting market and creating a truly great company.
0: Well, that's fantastically well said. Um, Chris Anderson, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course, everybody, Chris Anderson is CEO of Top 40 Supplier, Hub Promotional Group. Um, Hub is uh, fast-growing, top-10 supplier now, and they're also ranked 22nd on Counselor's 2019 Best Places to Work list, which uh, will feature in our print issue um, this October and is available online now at asicentral.com backslash news. Chris, we know you're running all over North America and beyond getting to hubs different sites and you have a lot to do so we really do appreciate you giving us so much time today and offering such valuable insights on company culture thank you so much
1: my pleasure chris appreciate it as always